Tamworth Country Music 50 50 50 special episodes over 50 weeks leading up to the 50th Tamworth Country Music Festival and Golden Guitar Awards in January 2022. Looking back at how it all began, what makes Tamworth Country Music tick? And looking forward to the next 50 years. Welcome to episode 37 and today we have with us again Max Ellis country music historian and one of the founders of Tamworth Country Music Capital and the annual January Country Music Festival. As station manager of Radio 2TN through the late 1960s into the 70s, Max was the organising and marketing mind and driving force behind the now famous Golden Guitar Awards. Max, there were of course many people involved in making the awards happen, including yourself as founding chief executive. Who were some of those people? Well, of course, John Minson played a key role because John was a music man from our point of view. He was running Hoedown on Radio 2DM and spreading the signal and the propaganda all over Eastern Australia. And he was the voice of country music capital until he retired in 1988, which is a long while ago. He played a very key role in the planning and promoting of those first awards Many of the contacts that John had made the whole thing possible to do. He was a close associate of Slim and Joy and they had great opinion of John and that was made it a lot easier than if we had just been a country radio station asking for their services. Kevin Knapp was also a broadcaster and promotions man from way back. He had been a a radio announcer on 2LM in Lismore when they were running the Radio Ranch show. And uh, Kevin, though he came from a dairy farm on the south coast, had developed a good relationship with many country music singers of the day, a vast knowledge, and he knew a lot about radio as well, which helped. And he, uh, in fact, was nominated as a compare of the first event in 1973 and he stuck with it until he retired in 1988. He handled lots of uh, difficult situations and always managed to stick on top of everything, handled it with grace and knowledge and uh, he was a very popular man. He died a couple of years ago and uh, his memory is very closely associated with the awards. Warwick Higginbotham, who was the group general manager of the New England Network in those days, was the son of the founder, one of the founders of 2DM, Ernest Higginbotham. Uh, Warwick had grown up with a relationship with the station and country music, and he was the one who used to sell our outrageous projects to the board. And he did a great job because the board was always very supportive of us, and was, um, you know, really foresighted in what they did. Without that support from the board of 2DM, the whole country music promotion in Tamworth would never have occurred because it was 2DM, Radio 2DM, that invested the money that made it work, that employed people like Kevin, John Minson and me and a team of other people and really made the whole thing a practical possibility. There were other, a lot of other enthusiastic 2DM staff, of course, 
people like George Arclay, who was a chief announcer there, who was a very experienced broadcaster and had worked in all sorts of stations all over Australia. He was an enormous help and he appeared on stage several times during the early awards as a sort of compare's assistant or whatever you call them. He was a great value to us all. Bob Lipman, of course, had been a radio announcer all his life. He'd worked in Tuamo in Gunnedah. He'd run the Narrabri studio of Tuamo for many years. He had lived in Tamworth for many years too. And he, what Bob didn't know about radio, wasn't worth knowing. So he was a great hands-on person as a compare. He, uh, in latter years, compared things like the Buttercup show in the town hall and also the um, Mr Juicy shows down in the park. He was a a very hands-on person, great performer. And Bill Morrison was there. He was a locally famous radio announcer with a beautiful voice and we used Bill a lot as a voiceover man. Del Foote became, in fact, the assistant manager of 2DM later on. She had been in radio most of her adult life too and she used to sort out all our visitors and that was a nightmare in the early years because we used to get accommodation for all the industry people. Uh, there was no, it wasn't a case of letting them fend for themselves. Dell used to find them somewhere to sleep and look after them and it was a tremendous advantage having an administrative person like Dell who knew what the industry was all about. And of course, Eric Scott, who was a former 2TM announcer and owner-operator of Hadley Records, and one of the groups that initiated Country Music Capital, of course, he and Hadley Records, with his wife Hilary, really spearheaded the development of a lot of the musical side of Country Music Capital. Bill Gleeson, who later was of ABC fame in the local area, worked for 2TM at the time. And Bill, uh, of all of us, had had some actual theatrical experience. None of us knew anything about it. And we pressed Bill to become uh, involved, and he, in fact, worked as a producer of the first awards. I think he didn't survive more than one, but uh, he was very useful that first time. So you can see there are a lot of people. One of the uh, ones who surfaced recently was a young man called Mark Collier, who had only just joined 2DM in those days. Mark uh, was uh, employed as a a fetch-it-do-anything lad around the set, and later on he went on to become one of radio industry's most successful executives and entrepreneurs. Country music always attracted a collection of very talented innovative people and I think uh, that's one of the secrets of its whole success. Max, you mentioned the 2DM board was very supportive of those early country music activities. Well, as I mentioned before, the 2DM board was the organisation that really gave the go-ahead to country music because had they not given full support to the whole promotion, we would never have got off the ground. And it was pretty unusual for radio stations, particularly a country radio station like 2DM to do anything different from what was very ordinary business of selling ads on air 
and uh, we changed that forever with country music and we followed up by changing it forever with Agquip, which was a similar type of activity which we as a radio station promoted. But there were a number of people on the board who were very important. One, of course, was Mrs Higginbotham. Ernest Higginbotham, Warwick's father, had died earlier uh, in the piece and Mrs Hig had taken over as chairperson and she was always very supportive. In fact, at one stage she actually appeared as a prize giver on the awards stage in the town hall and a journalist described her as a vision in chiffon which she took exception to and never appeared again. But her presence was always felt. Who were some of the other board members? Well, there was Bill Baxter, who was a solicitor from Gunnedah, and, of course, Mike Moroney, who had been the manager of 2TM for many years and had later on turned to television and had set up NEN, which is New England Network Television, which later became Prime, of course. We also had John Marnie in the accounts and, of course, Peter Smith. Peter was a fantastic accountant who looked after 2TM accounts and he's the only accountant I've ever met who used to say, rather than how much will this cost, he would say, let's do it and then see how much it costs. He was very supportive always. He still is. He's still around. He's a famous poultry judge at the Royal Easter Show in Sydney, among other things. And he was always a tower of strength to the country music part of 2TM. Helen Cameron, still around. She was working in 2TM. There were a number of other people like Phil Jones, who was the sales manager, who were all very, very supportive of 2TM. And, of course, Phil Corbett, who had graduated with John from the copy department into on-air work. And Phil was busy doing things like uh, the country music Jamboree, which was a syndicated radio program at the time. It was hard to be at 2DM and not be involved in some way. And nearly everyone found their niche somewhere or other in country music. Thank you, Max. Well, it's a far cry from 1973, but as we put this episode of Tamworth Country Music 5050 to bed, the Country Music Association of Australia and Tamworth Regional Council have announced record entries for the 50th Golden Guitar Awards to be announced in January, fittingly making them one of the best ever. To tell us more, here is the Country Music Bulletin's Leanne Kirshner. More than 760 entries have been submitted for the 2022 awards. The previous record was 656 entries in 2019. CMAA Chairman Dan Biddle said entries for the upcoming awards were 22% up and this was a great indication that Australian country music was thriving and growing despite the past 18 months, which is encouraging and motivating for fans in the industry. The Toyota 50th Golden Guitar Awards will be held at the Tamworth Regional Entertainment and Conference Centre, or TREK, on Saturday, January 22, with the ABC returning to be the awards broadcast partner. Awards executive producer Peter Ross said the 2022 awards night would run at close to full capacity with a mix of table seating and tiered theatre seating. 
This year we ran a scale-back event due to COVID-19, Peter said, with mostly industry in attendance. In 2022, we are planning for a near-normal awards night, where the fans and the stars come together. The event will, of course, be in line with any current New South Wales health guidelines. But the New South Wales roadmap gives us enormous confidence that we can have the great night out that we all deserve after the last 18 months. As well as a record number of overall entries, the 2022 Golden Guitar Awards have also seen category records broken, with a top number of entries in Song of the Year and Single of the Year. The increase in Song of the Year entries was more than 10% up on the previous record of 111. There were also significant entry increases across the male and female artist categories and group or duo of the year. Dan said this further highlighted the growth in interest in country music in Australia. Tamworth Regional Council and the CMAA will announce finalists for the 2022 awards on Tuesday, November 23. Peter said it was fitting for the announcement to be at the Town Hall as it was the venue where the first Golden Guitar was handed out back in 1973 and is considered the spiritual home of Australian country music. The announcement will be streamed live and include performances with country music artists and key industry members in attendance. Thank you, Leanne. To conclude this episode of Tamworth Country Music 5050, let's play a song by one of the winners from the very first Golden Guitar Awards, who is not as well known these days, but certainly was in 1973, as he won the very first, in fact the only, Radio Lister Award ever presented. Cole Hardy, with his own song, Black Tracker. You know about Glen Rowan, cause you had a job to do. You know about Urala, you were needed up there too. You mounted with the troopers in their uniform of blue. never mentioned and your art is never slack walk proud and tall among them all you gentleman of black cause no one knows this country any better than you If someone passed this way, you see No rugged land, nor desert sand Could hide the mystery So warrior, my brother I'm forever proud of you
name is never mentioned And your art is never slack Walk proud and tall among them all You gentleman of black Cause no one knows this country Any better than you Tamworth Country Music 5050 is produced by the Country Music Bulletin with the support of Tamworth Regional Council. In addition to the broadcast on Capital Country Radio, the program is uploaded as a podcast. You can find a link to the podcast series and more information about country music in Australia by visiting countrymusicbulletin.com.au.